Hello, everybody. Welcome to Revelation Station. This is chapter two of our journey with Christ. Uh, so Stephen is going to talk a bit about more of the gospel, but most importantly, he's actually going to be talking about Adam and Eve and the serpent and about the deceitfulness of how uh, the devil works. And then I will be chiming in here and there, uh, talking about it with him as well. And then I will kind of get into the end times uh, sooner to the end. We're going to be trying to record around the 45-minute range. Um, and so we'll try our best not to oversee the time limit. Uh, but anyways, Stephen, take it away. Thanks, Jonah. Uh, well, welcome back, guys. Yeah, so uh, uh, I'm basically doing uh, that. And uh, yeah, uh, it's basically boiling it down to uh, uh, the first sin, uh, uh, creating a need of a savior. and. Uh, 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 also, the fall of man, the first sin, uh, found in uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 1 to 6. I'll uh, read it. it in. And, uh, Can I read it, actually? Actually, sure. Okay, where are we reading? 1 to uh, 3? Uh, verses 1 to 6. 1 to 6. All right. The end of verse 6. Perfect. Yeah. Now, the serpent was more crafty than, other, uh, than the, any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you? You shall not eat any uh, any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but not. But God said, You shall not eat the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat uh, when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that that the tree was good for her uh, for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her. Actually, I want to go back into this one part right here, which is uh, really good. So when, he, when it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God um, had made. So when he, when he says more uh, than one beast, so obviously there's the devil, right? Yeah. Now, some Catholics believe, now this is kind of a speculation, I'm not going to be 100% sure on this, but some Catholics and some other people believe that the other beasts in the field were actually the Leviathan, basically the other beasts that God created, or uh, the fallen angels, or demons, stuff like that. That's kind of what some, what some Catholics do believe. They believe it could be the Leviathan, or, you know, demons, or, or uh, at the time with the fallen angels could be... Uh, no, it wouldn't be the Nephilim because they didn't come in until later in, uh, I think it was Exodus. Um, but, but yeah, some people believed it was actually the Leviathan. Now, for people who don't know who the Leviathan are, the Leviathan are uh, beasts that God created. Now, people would think, oh, no, that's from Supernatural. No, actually, the Leviathan actually existed. They were beasts that God created. But the Leviathan weren't as powerful as the Supernatural show depicted them to be. Um and so, and some people believe that the Leviathan is Nephilim and stuff like that. Now, it's really hard to do. Not a lot of people know who the Leviathan really is because they didn't really research it on it that much. They were more into the Nephilim, the demons, and the angels. But some people believe, now I'm not 100% sure. I don't really know, right? But some people believe that the other beasts in the field were the Leviathan. But they weren't really as deceitful as the devil. The devil was the one who deceived Adam and Eve. So it's really cool. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of other beasts that God that God created or, or or beings, right? That are either outside of our world or inside our world, but way different from us, right? Some people believe that the Leviathans were actually dinosaurs, and that they were just large creatures roaming the earth. Some people believe that you know the Leviathan were 
shapeshifters like Nephilim. You know, there's there's different there's different like Greek translations. There's different religions that have different kind of sayings on it, and it's really cool. It's really cool, um, and so that's really kind of like interesting because so many beasts that have gotten created, but you kind of really don't know how they really really work, but you kind of have an idea of how they work. But here's your fallback. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so uh, f- fascinating with that, and. Uh... Yeah, uh, with the uh, Satan, uh, uh, he has uh, quite a few uh, names as well. Uh, throughout uh, his uh, fall from heaven, and was originally uh, Lucifer, and some people in different backgrounds uh, kind of add in the Lucifer, morning of the Satan, Azazel, serpent yeah, as well. Yeah, was it Lucifer, Satan, Azazel? Oh, what was the other one? Um, ah, can't remember what it was. Was it a B? Starting <laughs> Beelzebub. There you go. Yeah. That's not the one I was thinking of, but that's a good one. Um, can't remember the other one. Anyways, but yeah, he's got a whole bunch of names. Yeah, and, uh, and, and he did uh, yeah. trick uh, Adam and Eve uh, into uh, eating the fruit that they were uh, told not to uh, back in yep. Genesis uh, two. And uh, with that, uh, it's a, a question of uh, identity uh, as a, a part of it, and uh, probably uh, uh, and tested them with uh, rebelling uh, God into eating something that they would not do initially. And uh, well, he comes in many, many, many forms. Like I mean, many uh, in the in the in the Islamic religion, he people well. A lot of people are going to maybe offended, and I do apologize if I offend you, but uh, uh, this is kind of what we believe, uh, in a sense. Um, but in the Islamic religion, they uh, Muhammad got a message from Gabriel, but Gabriel was actually never there. Not The Gabriel Archangel was never there. The Archangel was, at, was Satan. Satan came in the form of Gabriel as a bright light, because it says in the Bible that he can come as a bright light, right? He can come in any form right and so he actually came and deceived muhammad into telling him to do something and also a very interesting fact did you know that allah translated into uh elah is actually uh the moon god from the egyptian times from the egyptian uh religion or faith cult i don't know what, what were they faith cult religion Egypt? Yeah. Well, Egypt. I think uh, 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 I've heard uh, different things about it, like uh, of like being part of the uh, term of uh, the secular world today, like in comparison of like what Egypt uh, was for like slavery and yeah. all kinds of uh, <laughs> sins and idolatry, kind of similar to uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah with the yeah. uh, lust mainly and the perversion uh, where it got out of control there. Yeah. Now, one question I can ask the viewers here. Are you a good person? Probably not. No one is. No. Now, if you say, yes, I'm a good person, I think I'm a good person. Ask yourself these questions. Have you ever told a lie before? Probably. Have you ever stole something, even as small as a pencil from someone? Probably. Have you ever looked at someone with lust? You wanted to have sex with them? Looked at them like you wanted to do something with their body, look at them you know, lustfully instead of looking at them like you would like to marry them. Have you ever done that before? Probably. 
Have you ever blasphemed God's name? OMG. Probably. Now, if God were to judge you by the four commandments, just those four, would you be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Heaven or hell? Hell. Now, ask yourself this question. What did God do for sinners in order for them to go to heaven? Stephen, you can answer this one. He uh, died for uh, sinners to be saved uh, with his blood and life on the cross at Calvary. Yeah, and uh, actually, uh, there's a classic uh, verse that uh, everyone who went to Sunday school knows: John three sixteen. Yeah, mm. yeah, that that's a very famous one. But now, see, Jesus legally paid the fine. You're legally allowed to go in a court system. If someone pays your fine, you're legally allowed to go. You're good. Now, if you're in court, are you going to take that offer, or are you going to go to jail? Do you want to be with Jesus or separate from him? Anything that is, anything that is, you know, so if you, if you were separate yourself from God, anything that was with God, goodness, happiness, you know, without sorrow will be left behind. Because if, if you're not with God, you're separate from him. So then you'll be going to hell. Everything that's in hell is separate from God, from goodness. So, and, uh, and there's uh, yeah. different levels of hell too, I think there. Yep. Ooh, many different levels. There's like three or four or something like that. They all are, you, you don't want to go there, period. No. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, you know, I think I can survive the first level of hell for eternity. No, you can't. They can't. Yeah, yeah. You'll suffer forever. <laughs> I feel really bad for uh, people who think uh, hell's a party, like uh, where you get to like uh, have a lot of fun and whatnot, but yet they don't know the spiritual implications yeah. of what they choose uh, to reject uh, God and everything else. And People take God for granted. They look at him and go, oh yeah, he'll save me. It's fine. You know, I can still keep doing these things and he'll save me. No. That's not how it is. <laughs> not even close to how it is. So yeah, God gives you salvation as a gift. But there's a sanctification on our parts that it has to because be he weighs your to. heart. You can look at God and go, "Yeah, yeah, whatever. I give you my life." No, you don't, because he weighs your heart. You have to give your life, all of it to him. Everything that you have, you have to give to him. You can't just, you can't just go, "Yeah, yeah, whatever," because that's not giving your life to him. That's not giving him your burdens. You're just hoping that he just agrees with it so that you can go on your merry way with your day. And then when the end times comes, you'll be saved. No, that's not how it works. It's a lot different. You have to give your whole life to God. And your heart has to be right. Just like the, uh, just like the Jewish people um, like two, 3,000 years ago. And if it was in the book of, was it the book of Isaiah. No. In the book of Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah, Jerusalem was in ruins. They were in ruins. Okay. There was there was there was no call to anguish. There was it was there was there was no there was no revival. There didn't have to be because there was no anguish, right? Nobody really gave their life to God. See, you could sing the right songs and say the right words, but your heart is not right. If your heart is not right, then everything you say, everything you sing means nothing. It means nothing. Because your heart is not right. 
because God sees what your true intentions are. It's not something where you can just go, Jesus, blah, 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 and then walk away. No, because he's going to take that as going, oh, you take me for granted. Should I let you inherit the kingdom of God then if you're taking me for granted? Are you sure you really love me? Are you just using these words as a way to try to justify everything else you're doing? No. The only way to really give your life to God, to truly give your life to God, okay, is to not only repent, ask for forgiveness, and to proclaim him as Christ and giving him your burdens, but you also have to turn from your wicked ways. Show him that you love him. Yeah. Show him that you're willing to, to, to die for him. Show him that you're willing to change everything of who you are, to let him find you, the real you, in order for you to go and help everybody else find who they really are through Christ. That's how you find who you are, first of all. And second of all, that's how you give your life to God. That is, that is the turning point in all of this. Because you can't just go, yeah, whatever, and walk away. Because then he, you, you, you're not a, you're not a, you're, you're not a, you're not a servant of God. You're not someone who's working for him. You're someone who's taking him for granted, right? Yeah, if you could just give me a loan, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I'll pay you back. But then you never really pay him back, right? So this is the turning point: is you have to give everything to him, just like Job. He got everything taken away from him, but he sacrificed and gave his life to God before that even happened. And so when he started to put in his own heart that God was everything to him and that everything in the world was just worldly things. They didn't mean anything to him because God was everything to him. Not, and not uh, that also world. shows uh, uh, that uh, no matter uh, what uh, the enemy uh, does uh, with the intent of uh, evil, uh, with the uh, faith that Job had in God, yeah. uh, uh, even though he got tested, uh, he still... Uh, was faithful to God uh, in spite of what uh, uh, Lucifer said about yep. uh, him not doing that. Yeah. And so that's the same thing though, right? See, even Lucifer can come in different forms and tell you about God, but twist it. Twist it. There's actually a really cool episode I saw. It's called the, uh, it's, this is a TV show called The Encounter. And, um, you know, it's a little cringy, not going to lie, but it has some really good points in it. And so there was this lady uh, and his husband, and her, his husband, her husband, um, that were uh, mourning for their child. And so basically, uh, you know, Jesus was portraying as the person who kind of runs the church. And, you know, he named, he called himself Joshua and he portrayed himself as a, you know, running the church, but obviously he was still Jesus. He's going to, you know, he was, because the encounter is basically a TV show on where, you know, what if you encounter Jesus and he was giving you advice and so on and so forth. So God ends up coming in human form and he ends up helping certain people. But now this was the cool part. See, Satan came in the form of a reverend. He came in the form of a pastor and he came in and he started to make these people mad, trying to turn their eyes away from God. So he comes in and he goes, well, you know, maybe God, you know, wanted this to happen because you guys sinned and this was a punishment and stuff like that. Those are the kind of words that he's using, right? And he's using stuff from the scripture as well, even though the Bible's blank, but obviously he has it in his head, right? But he's using the scriptures as well to kind of deceive the people so that they can turn their eyes away from God. So then eventually Jesus takes him into another room and tells him exactly what, what exactly is going on, telling the same stuff. That's kind of how Satan works. He can even use sometimes God's own scriptures against people, 
or or, or uh, the people who wrote the books, the scriptures against them, in order to turn their eyes away from it. it, it he uses it in mysterious ways, in super mysterious ways that people would go like, "Oh, well, he'd never be able to deceive me." Oh, you don't know that. Satan is smarter than us. We may have the Christians. Okay, if you if you give your life to God, and you yeah, you actually have power from heaven on earth. So you could still cast out demons. You could still, in Jesus' name, push Satan away. But you're not smarter than him. See, see, Satan works like a serpent. He slithers around you. And he finds the right weak point to strike so he can get you to fall into temptation. That's the whole point. He's very smart. Yeah, we got to know our weaknesses as well because... Uh... Uh, Satan gets us or we are uh, not strong and and uh, mm -hmm. we gotta combat yes. it with the truth and uh, and try and do something to uh, not trip up every so often. Yeah, definitely, because he will tr he will find your weak point. He will, and it will it'll be bad <laughs> because you can fall into temptation to murder someone because they hurt your family. You could fall into temptation to pornography, uh, to lust after someone, to a strip club. He yeah. finds those weak points and he strikes. He strikes. And he can get you to do something that'll turn your eyes away from God. So you really got to keep that into account. Yeah. Anyways, continue. You have more notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Uh... <coughs> yeah, so uh, uh, once uh, Adam and Eve's uh, eyes were open uh, uh, and uh, they sinned, yeah. uh, it uh, led to... Uh, uh, shame, uh, uh, being covered up with the uh, loin claws, and uh, uh, when the, uh, God called them uh, uh, out, uh, uh, it was uh, starting to become a, a kind of blame game in a way. Where I'm sure it, if it was turned into a, a, a little scene bit from like the Bible stories, it'd probably yeah. be a. Uh, I would imagine entertaining to some, but uh, uh, of the whole scene being played out. But yeah, yeah uh, and uh, it first started with uh, Adam blaming Eve uh, for giving him the fruit. And uh, he questioned uh, uh, Eve about it. And uh, she uh, basically said uh, Satan deceived her and she ate. Yeah. And uh, that caused them uh, basically to be booted out of the Garden of Eden when they were in there. And uh, there was an uh, angel guarding the fence, so uh, they won't get back in there. Yep. Who was the one guarding the fence? I always wondered that. Did I ever see? Can't I, remember. <laughs> I can remember, too. <laughs> yeah. But I know there was an angel actually guarding the fence. Yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. Um, you got any more notes? Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, after uh, that, uh, going further into uh, Genesis, uh, it kind of goes into how uh, Adam and Eve uh, created their uh, first uh, few kids and uh, Abel and Cain, which Cain is a Abel, great story. The uh, first murder. Uh, yeah, the first murder were. Uh, yeah. It's the second uh, sin that kind of came about, or yeah. and probably fourth, <laughs> with the shame coming in. Yeah. 
Oh no, there's probably already gajillion sins after Adam and Eve sinned. And uh, with but... the sins, uh, it kind of has a consequence uh, 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 as well throughout the Bible. Uh, no, oh, yeah. Uh, and there's uh, many examples. Hello. <laughs> what happened, computer? Did it die? No, I don't know what just happened. It's charging. Yeah, it's charging. What happened? I swear, if it's still recording, I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh so hard. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> what just happened? What's going on? What are you doing? Oh, this is just a downfall. Blue screen to pink screen. I swear, if you're updating, I'm gonna cry. If it's still, I'm still, I'm gonna laugh so hard if it's still recording though. This is. <laughs> it being not a blue experience. screen. Yet. What is going on, man? It's not a blue screen of death. Oh, it's still recording. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny, yo. They're probably hearing all of this right now, and they're just like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> that was so weird. I don't know what happened. Was that... Was that part of the... I have no idea. Well, yeah. there's a perfect uh, comedy sketch. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, that's actually Hold on one sec. We're going to take a break info. a minute. Uh, we're going to take a break. I'll keep the live on, but we're going to take a break for uh, just a little second here just to... So I can make sure this doesn't happen again. So just give me one second. All right, we are back. Sorry about that. Oh my goodness. Technology can be a kick in the butt. Anyways, let's continue. Uh, your notes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting podcast. You know, actually with uh, Adam and Eve, they were uh, first uh, for quite a few things, weren't they? Uh, uh, for uh, an example, uh, they were the first uh, human beings on Earth, part of uh, God's original mm. creation. Yeah. As such, uh, uh, Adam and Eve set the standard for everything that followed. Their lives illustrate what God expects and loves from human beings, uh, as well as uh, what he loves. Like before the uh, uh, first sin that uh, uh, I was uh, sharing earlier with the... Uh, uh, forbidden fruit and all that and uh, I guess uh, they were uh, first to form a relationship with God before uh, their identity got uh, questioned by uh, uh, the devil Satan yeah and uh, yeah the first uh, marriage of what uh, God intended it to be like uh, as uh, to becoming one flesh yeah that's actually um, to becoming one flesh yeah it's, uh, it's called a whole, well, I like to call it a holy unity in a sense of where, yeah, two become one. And basically they become one family, one person, one everything. That's why it's like in sickness and in health and death to his part. So that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, but when it comes to finding yourself, actually, I want to go back into that one. Um, so yes, the devil um, will definitely make you believe you're someone, make you believe that you are someone else from what you actually are right and so that actually really kind of brings a big effect into it um because see a lot of people believe they're a certain way 
But they never explain why they think they're that way. They just kind of think it to be. But that's the whole point. The devil starts putting thoughts in your head, making you think that this is how you're supposed to be, making you think that, you know, um, kind of, you know, in a sense, making you think that this is how you're supposed to be. It's either make you think this is how you like how you're supposed to be, make you think that this is who you are supposed to be. He can make you think in so many different ways that I can't even understand myself. That's how we know where he's smarter than us. Um, I'm rambling on because <laughs> I love this topic. Anyways, continue with uh, your scriptures, though. Definitely good idea to do so. Yeah. Uh, with uh, marriage. Uh... Uh, with uh, Adam and Eve being the first, uh, with what that looks like, uh, uh, I think uh, uh, in some ways uh, that's like the uh, same picture kind of as uh, Jesus with his uh, church, which is uh, us. And uh, uh, some scriptures uh, say it's like a bride wedding for the groomsmen and all that. Uh, uh, as uh, times are coming near, He's uh, coming back soon. Yeah. He, well, yeah, the wedding of Galilee. Yeah. So he, we're the bride. Ooh, that sounds weird. <laughs> but we're the bride, right? Yeah. So we're, we're all the brides, and then when we go and get taken up in the rapture, uh, we'll be actually having a wedding with Jesus. We'll be becoming one with him. We'll be marrying him. That's right. And so it really, it's really cool. It's pretty awesome. Uh, and I can't wait for that. I really can't wait. We'll be caught up in the clouds, get married to Jesus, the wedding of Galilee, have a good time partying and it's it's going to be amazing it's really it's really going to be amazing and the greatest part about being in heaven is god actually has a place for you he already has a place made out for you if you were in the book of life he already has a house for you he has everything for you already ready to go well uh, uh, jesus uh, has uh, said that he's preparing a place for us uh, a house in uh, many mansions i think and uh, that's a yep. uh, Basically, all the proof uh, I need to know that uh, it is real, and uh, I do have a place there, uh, as uh, everyone else. Yeah. Everybody will have a place. We'll have dinner with God. We'll actually get our own crowns. We'll get our own crowns. We'll get all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's going to be very amazing up in heaven, very amazing. And there's actually different levels to heaven as well, which is really cool. Different levels of hell and heaven. You know, I could say hell, but heaven. It's a little different, right? But day. Different levels of heaven. But then when, when God brings his kingdom down, then we'll all be with God. So funny thing is, some people believe that we'll be like God when we're up in heaven. And yeah, I can say that because we'll be perfect. We'll be made in exactly in his image. But, you know, um, to be like him in a sense of have everything he has probably not but we'll, we'll be able to do a lot of things a lot of things that we wanted to do on earth we'll be able to do in heaven so definitely a cool thing <laughs> good yeah. uh oh uh oh so uh, uh <laughs> okay <with> good. <laughs> all that uh cynthia committed uh uh, they actually got uh, confronted uh, by uh, God later on in the chapter of uh, Genesis 3, and uh, they uh, uh, got, uh, as uh, 
uh, I guess, a punishment in a way uh, of uh, the yeah. consequences of what they had done. And uh, yeah, uh, for the guy uh, side, it's uh, I think I forgot. Oh, yeah. The serpent uh, will not like uh, will strike a heel. Uh, and uh, I think uh, with that uh, scripture, it uh, correlates with uh, Jesus coming back and uh, defeat him, but it takes his life as well. And yeah, uh, the females uh, will get like the birth thing as like a consequence from back of the Adam and Eve thing. And yep, uh, we're like workers of the ground as well. Yep, you are correct. Yes. I feel bad for women. <laughs> they have to go through the pains of birth. But when it says that we'll be working with the soil, okay, and everything else like that, God not only meant it as, we'll, we will be the hard workers, okay, but he also meant it as, we actually are mentally worse. We, we go through it more mentally, and a lot of people are going to disagree with that. They really are. But it's true. Men go through a lot more things mentally than when it comes to women. Physically, women go through more pain physically. But men... We go through more pain mentally. And so we kind of have our own burdens, uh, you know, because we all sin and now we kind of take on that punishment uh, until the day God returns. Uh, so it just, yeah. But it's something we kind of got to bear until until further notice. And so it's not, it's not super bad. We've learned to tolerate it. We've learned to get through it. You know, we've learned to kind of overcome it. But at the same time, God has also helped us overcome it. And so that's kind of a really um, great start to it because, I mean, having God's help going through all this really helps um, because even even with the pain of childbirth, so yeah, you get the waves of, um, oh, oh, I forgot the word again, I remember. <laughs> oh, no, I forgot the word again, but um, I remember I used to, when I was a child, my mom would try to, like, when she was trying to, you know, talking to me, like, where do babies come from, right? My mom would talk to me about it. And then uh, she'd be, like, talking to me about, like, the waves of pain that would come through when you're, when you're in labor. And I, I'd call it transactions. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd call it transactions. And then my, and, and then, you know, like, it's like, no, that's not what you call it, hon. And then it's like, well, no. But when, when there's a wave of pain coming through, it's like, cha-ching, transaction. <laughs> I was I was such a weird kid back then, man. I was such a weird kid. But yeah, I know when you go through the waves of pain, yeah. But in the end, when the, the pain of childbirth, when you give birth to the child, God also gives you the ability to have the relief and and and, and you know, you having that child is like everything to you. God makes children so precious. He makes it so precious to the point that even childbirth is tolerated. That it's okay to go through the pain. Because a child means more than this pain, right? But nowadays, people are going, well, I'm going to you know, think for myself instead of think for the freaking being that's inside of me. And I'm like, come on. You know, and they're like always talking about um, abortion and stuff like that. And, and I'm sitting here and I'm going like, why do, you, why do you think abortion is okay? Well, you know, I don't. If I don't want this baby, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't have to have it. And it's like, well, okay, so what if you made a mistake? You were having sex with um, a guy 
And then, you know, you end up conceiving and you end up getting pregnant. You know, you knew the risks. You knew the risks you were taking. You knew that there was a possibility. Now, do you think it's justifiable for you to abort that that child or even the, or what they call it, the clump of cells, but it still has DNA, right? And it's still, you know, constructing itself and making itself to who it's going to be when it grows up, right? You still going to just throw it out like garbage because you don't want it because it was inconvenient to you. Do you really think that that's okay? No, it's not okay. It's never okay. Because if you think about it, you think that everybody has a right to life. But inside the womb, apparently that doesn't matter. Especially when it's a sinless human being that hasn't even committed its first sin yet. And you think that it's more irrelevant than us. We're more irrelevant than a baby. We've already sinned against the, the, the whole, the, our holy God. Mm. We've already sinned against him. We've already done bad things. So what makes you think that that baby or clump of cells is irrelevant? What makes you think that it's more irrelevant than us? We're more relevant than him. He hasn't committed the first sin yet. He actually has a right to life. He or she has a right to life. We don't. We should be dead. Well, because if it punish- was uh, back yeah. in uh, Old Testament laws, yeah, uh, we would have been dead a long time ago. Yeah, we should be dead, man. We should be dead, but we're not. We're not even close to death. We're getting close, but we're not close enough. But at the same time, death could come at any time. So it really, you're close or you're not close. It's like, it's really weird. But in the sense of, now people go like, oh, well, what if a woman's raped? I say, that's horrible. It's really horrible. And I, I, I would have great sympathy for her. But I don't think the baby needs to be involved with that. If there's a child going inside of you because a man forced a child in there, is it the child's fault? No. Why does a child have to be punished? The child's sitting there. If the child had a mind of its own, he'd be sitting there going like, what happened? You know, I'm, I'm clueless. And then he sees this the suction tube coming in, ready to suck him out and kill him. And he has no idea what's going on. I'm just randomly here. <laughs> Why are you killing me, Mom? Why are you killing me? Right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And so, and people justify that. Should the baby pay for the punishment of a man's crime? No, it shouldn't. He should never pay for the punishment of a man's crime. And also, here's another thing that I heard from a, uh, a musician. His name is Tom McDonald. He may not be Christian, but there's a good quote. He says, apparently bacteria is life on Mars, but a heartbeat is a life on Earth. That is a very good quote. I love it. I love it a lot. Because scientists deem that bacteria on Mars and all over, you know, bacterial organisms across the universe, they believe it's life. But then a moment, a heartbeat or a clump of cells is a human body. Doesn't exist. Apparently it's not alive. Isn't that crazy? See, they, they try to justify these things. But in reality, it's just a whole bunch of crap. So they can justify abortion. So they don't have to go through the burden of having a child, even though they were the ones that made the mistake. Okay. You know, and, and it sucks. I, I get it. I get it. Because women, 
if they get raped and and they have to hold a child that they never wanted, they have to hold it for nine months. I get that, and it's 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 horrifying. But the but the child or the clump of cells or whatever does not deserve to be terminated. Does not. Okay, and so you could give that baby up for adoption if you if you if you you knew that you couldn't take care of it. Give it to someone else who can. Okay. There's many options out there, but they, they deem it as there's not many options. Well, well, we don't want them to go through this, this hard time in life, you know? We don't want them to live in this world. And it's like, but that's not your choice to make. Because everybody has a right to life. Everybody does. No one, like, everybody has a right to life. Especially a child. So we may, personally, biblically speaking, we don't really have, like, we... We have been given the right to life, but if we were, if it, if it, but that's by grace. But if we were to, for our works, if we were to try to earn it, we would never have the right to life, never. That's why it's been given by grace. It is a gift from God, and so that's why we need to not stop abortion first of all, but. Abortion is a really touchy subject for me because people justify it, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't handle that. I can't, because I can't handle the idea of murdering another child based on your dumb mistake, because you decided to do something knowing the risks, and then you decided to just end a life because you think it was inconvenient to you, or you thought it was inconvenient to you because someone did something to you, and you don't want to carry that burden. I get it. You're mentally scarred. I, I, I get it. You know, there's a lot of things happening, but that that child, you know, had no part in it. But now you're you're taking that child's say away because it's inconvenient to you. You want to close the door? Sure. Steve, Steve. <laughs> there you go. He's just going to close the door real quick. It's getting a little drafty in here. But yeah, that's that's my point. Is all children have a right to life. Just imagine, okay, so people say if it's inside the womb, then it doesn't have a right to life. Okay. So what about late-term abortions? So just say the baby just got born and it's perfectly healthy and everything. Can you abort it? Do you think it's okay to abort it? Most people would say no. Why? Because they see it. But if it was inside the womb, it would be a different story. It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. But anyways, continue, Stephen. <laughs> well, uh, that's actually uh, all I have. Oh! <laughs> I guess that's our segment today. We didn't really prepare too much for this one. We were just going to go ahead and just wing it because we were so busy and... We, we needed to create some content for this, uh, this Saturday, so we decided to just kind of do something real quick and then just go with it. Um, so, yeah, and we're very original here, so when a podcast is going and something messes up and then you end up hearing us, you know, trying to talk about what the heck what the heck's going on, just just stick with it. Just just skip it if you want. We're just really original. That's how we are. I'm, I'm going to maybe try to edit it, but if I can't, you can just get past it. It's only a couple seconds, but... But this is our podcast today for Revelation Station. Um, please stay tuned for next week. And I might have a special guest next week, depending on how this COVID stuff goes. If not, it'll be me and Steven. And then the week after that, I uh, will have a special guest. So without further ado, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.